So we have Parsha's Bay, an action-packed Parsha about Amuna. After all, the Ramban at the end of the Parsha, the famous Ramban really speaks about uh, his tremendous insight about Amuna, about Nisim. And there is a Pasuk at the beginning of uh, the Parsha of Makas Bechayres. And the Pasuk says, Vayakam Parai Laila that Paroi woke up at night, v'chalavadav, him and all of his servants, v'chal Mitzrayim, and the entire Egypt, and there was a great cry that went out from Mitzrayim, there was no house that didn't have a dead body in it. Every house had either a Bukhar that died, if there was no Bukhar in the house, or the Bukhar was away that night, then the elder of the house, the oldest uh child died. Every single Egyptian house was suffering uh, casualties and fatalities. So Rashi says on the words Vayakam Paray, that Paray got up, he says, Mimitasay, he got up from his bed, Laila, and then he says on the word Laila, not the way that normally kings get up after three hours of the day, they sleep until like 9 a.m. Uh, he got up earlier. So I'm quoting now from Sefer Vigadita, Rabbi Yaakov Golinsky's Sefer. He, asks, he says, Rav Dessler asked the following question. It's a famous question. That nine full makas have now passed, and every single maka was with precision. Every single maka happened just as Maish Rabbeinu had predicted it would. There was no error. And Paray was warned by Hashem before this Makkah, Koyamar Hashem, This is what Hashem says, that at midnight I will go out through Egypt, and every single Bukhar, uh, every firstborn child in Mitzrayim will die. From the heir of Paray, who sits on the throne, until every single other Bukhar. Even Paray's son, his Bukhar, was supposed to die that night. And Paray himself was a Bukhar, so he had to worry about his own life. He was supposed to die. Now, he didn't die, we know, because Hashem allowed him to remain alive to show him the full nakama against Egypt. But the question that is a burning one is that how is it possible, as Rashi says, that Vayakam Pare Mimitase, Pare was sleeping in his bed on this night. He understood that this was a night that he was probably about to die and he was able to just go to sleep. How did he do that? And in general, how many hours does a person sleep at night? A person is supposed to sleep, according to the Rambam, eight hours. And if normally kings sleep three hours into the day, brought in the Beis Yosef, it's the beginning of the third hour, let's say. They must have gone to bed at Chatzais. If they're waking up at 8, they must have gone to bed at midnight. 
as parye desh b'chatzayis halayla yamas penes. I understand this. Parai knew that at chatzayis on at the strike of midnight, his own son would die. V'itachen shegamhu, and in all probability, he was supposed to also die. And he went to sleep. He was in in his bed. That's why Meish Rabbeinu probably intended when he said that all of your avodim would come to me and bow down to me and say, get out. What about Parah himself? You know what happened? Because he was assuming that Parah was already going to be a corpse. And instead of getting his tachrichem out of his closet, his, his death shrouds, he, what, what does he do? He puts on his pajamas, this is Yaakov Gunsky with his humor, he, he says, and he starts counting sheep at night. What was going through Parai's mind, in other words? How did Parai, um, how did Parai have this this confidence to just be able to go to sleep. This he had this serenity to go to sleep as if everything was normal, and not be worried, not be threatened, not not have to concern himself about his bechar. What was going through Parah's mind? That's what Rav Dessler asks. The Anna, and he answers the following. He answers. Hakadosh Baruch Hu Yasad Ba'Elamay Eskayachabachira. A person has put into the Bria, he bakes into the Bria, the famous Kayach of Bechira. A person has free will to make decisions in life, whether good decisions or bad decisions. But I have the right to make choices in my life. I can make decisions, good and bad. And the actual... Mitzias, the fact that I have this freedom to choose, is the biggest proof for Amuna. What does Kayach HaBechir have to do with Amuna? Ki kol nishlatim Because in general, when you have, let's say, an animal, how does an animal function? An animal makes decisions based on what? On habit or on uh, our nature. He has certain tendencies, and that's what we know he will do. It's very easy to predict what a dog will do if you throw a bone. He's not going to have a choice, you know, should I get it, should I not get it? He will get it. He will pounce on the bone. And if you give a cat a ball of thread, a cat will respond every single time the same way because they don't have a bechira. It's all natural. It's all instinct. Gedi ben yayma yisag the only Bria in the entire world that is able to go against against his Teva and can make a choice is man. Sometimes for the better, sometimes for the worst. A person can do whatever he wants. A person has free will. And the greater the Kedusha, the greater the Tumah. That's another you say that we have in life, that 
that the greater the forces of Kedusha in the world, the greater the forces of Toma are in the world. You know why it was so difficult for people to override their Yetzahara for Avedazara? Today we don't have a Yetzahara for Avedazara. If we do, it's very shvach. But in the olden days, people were chalishing. You know, like today what people are doing to, uh, you know, to, to go after their uh, hedonistic pleasures, whatever they may be. That's the way it used to be, the way they used to run after Avedazara. There's a famous Gemara, I think it's in Sanhedrin, that there was uh, one of the Amairan was giving a shear. And he was speaking about Menashe. Menashe was like the evil king and he was like Avedazara. And, and he ended the shear and he said, you know, tomorrow we'll continue talking about our friend Menashe as if he was a nothing. So Menashe came to him in a dream, was very upset at him and said, how can you call me a friend? You think you're my friend? You think we're colleagues? He says, and he asked him a question in learning. He didn't know the question. He told him the answer. It was about like where, where to cut the challah on Shabbos, where, which part of the challah you should cut from. And the answer is you should cut from the, the, the more well-done part of the challah. Anyway, he taught him a lesson, and then he says, okay, so I'll, I'll admit that you're a bigger Talmud Chacham than me. Tell me, why were you Eved Avedizara? Like, I don't, I'm not Eved Avedizara, so why were you? If you're so big, then why did you? He says, if you would be alive, if you would have been alive when I was alive, he says, you would have you would have like picked up the hem of your frock of your of your garment to run after the avidazara that's how much of a geschmack you would have to do avidazara because in the olden days it was a very tantalizing thing avidazara why is it not today you know why it's why it was so tantalizing then and not anymore today because there's a concept called zel asalikim when there was tremendous kedusha in the world and there was tremendous kedusha going back the times of uh, of the of Nach, and then even in times of the Tanoim, there was tremendous amounts of kedusha in the world. And the more kedusha there was in the world, the more toma there was in the world. So the kayach toma was so great because it had to counterbalance the kayach of kedusha. Until Achikneshagdela came in their mevatel avedazara, they had to because it was too tempting. They were even able to mevatar on the on nevuah that they had to give up when they were mevatal the Yitzhahara from Avedizara. The Yatsa Kigura shall ish me base When they did that, there was like a fire, like a blast of fire um, outside of the Kaidashakadashim. That nevuah was now officially going to be stopped as well because it was it was a counterbalance. Ulafichach im matzinu shabitochin b'Hashem yachalias chazakal kach. If we see that the bitochin in Hashem could be that powerful, at shalachas avramavinu mitztava alakedas benay haylachubaisa erev lishain. That the night, think about it. We where where we find a precedent to this that a person was able to go to sleep at night even though they were up to a tremendous, tremendous Nisayan. Avram Avinu. Avram Avinu was supposed to shecht Yitzchak on the Akedah the next morning. And it says, Vayashkim Avram Babaykar. That means that if Avram woke up in that, that morning, what does that say? It says that he went to sleep the night before. He went to sleep the night before he was supposed to shecht the son on the Akedah. 
why, how was he able to do that? You know why? Because he had bitachin in Hashem. Somebody that has bitachin in Hashem is able to go to sleep relaxed and serenely before he has to do the greatest nisayin of his life. And if that's true on the Tzad Kedusha, it's going to be true also on the Tzad of Toma. Parai could have that same power. He's going to be able to shut his heart and go into his bed in pajamas in the middle of the night and be able to go to sleep. How does he do that? Because that is what bitachan permits a person to do. Bitachan is a double-edged sword. This bechira works both ways. It could work in a positive way, like Avraham Avinu. You have such bitachan that you're able to fall asleep the night before the Akedah. It also works for a para that's able to go to sleep the night that he sort of knew that his son was going to die. And maybe he was going to die, but that didn't affect him. Because bitachin has to work both ways. If bechira is really going to be operational, it has to be an exact balance. If, if, if it's a little bit lopsided towards one direction or another, if, the, if it's easier to have bitachin in Hashem than have kfira in Hashem or vice versa, it's not fair. Then the whole rules of the game is thrown out of whack. It has to be like a 50-50 decision. It has to be that before us lies the the scales of Chaim and Mabes and and good and bad all equally. It has to be equally tantalizing, equally pulling us. And if one is pulling us more than the other, then that's not going to work. He was first, and then his servants, Malamid, Parah went and he had to wake up all of his servants. What does that mean? It wasn't only him. He wasn't the only one that was able to sleep that night. Everybody went to sleep very comfortably. And if they are able to do that, then we should also be able to do that. He brings a story of Yaakov Galinsky that Harusim Gazur Dinai Lamavis, the Russians. They paskin on me, he says, when he was, he was, he was a bachar learning in Navardic in, in Russia, and the Russians paskin against him that he should die. They brought me into a uh, chamber of people that were about to get killed, like death row. And three days I stayed there. I didn't understand what I was going through. And he says, I worked at that point to really have bitachen. I knew that I was probably going to die, but I worked on myself, Sir Yaakov Galinsky, to have bitachin Hashem. Hanidainim l'amavis lo'i hekelo The people with me in that chamber didn't make it easier for me. Mehem shebachu. Some of them were crying. Mehem sheshaku b'dikain. Some of them were depressed. Imagine what a person's going through when they're up against this fate. V'ani hispalalti and I davened at the time of davening, 
Lamadati Bashar Hazman and I learned when I was supposed to learn. Her base his Uchuyas Vizazartibitach and I girded myself with, with faith. Humile Aslibi and it filled my heart, Sharanibi at Hashem, realizing that I am in the hands of Hashem. Vim Hashem Li Azilo Ira Mayasli Odam. I'm not going to be afraid of what people could do to me. People were shocked. I asked for food. Who, who's hungry? Who could eat now? How could you swallow? Do you understand that you're about to die? And they were shocked when I was able to sleep um, on my bed peacefully. And this is something that is, you know, a tremendous lesson that we just learned together about the Kayach HaMemunah. The Chavis Havava speaks about the, the greatness of having Emunah Bitachin. Emunah Bitachin, a lot of times we think is like a, it's, it's, a, it's a chore that we have to work on, we have to work on our Bitachin, we have to work. When people say, I got to work on my Emunah, I got to work on my, it makes it sound like it's a, it's a really big, you know, uphill battle and it's hard for us and it's like impossible, but okay, I'm going to really try to strengthen my, my Emunah Nashem. The, the, uh, the truth of the matter is, and all the Sfarim speaking about Emunah speak about this, is that Emunah and Bitachan are not, it's not a chore. If a person has Emunah and Bitachan, they are the happiest people in the world. Chavis speaks about this famously, how how relaxed the person is that has Emunah. There's no greater spa than being able to be a Baal Bitachan. It means that everything that happens to me, I'm always cool with. It's, there's never a bad day in my life. Without Emunah and Bitochen, life is impossible. Without Emunah and Bitochen, you know, you lost your job, what am I going to do? How am I going to feed my kids? How am I going to, you know, do this and that? And like, especially in this age of COVID, when everything is so up in the air and things are so uncertain, and, you know, are we going to be back in Yeshiva, you know, this week, next week, next month, are we going to be able to get back, get get into Eretz Yisrael? And we're trying, I have tickets for next week to go to Eretz Yisrael to visit my kids. And like, it's so stressful, like just because every day is another report. They are opening the country to Americans. They're not opening the country to Americans. There is going to be a quarantine hotel mandate or there's not going to be. And they don't know what they're talking about. And I don't know anyone that really does know what they're talking. I don't think if my travel agent was uh, Naftali Bennett, I don't think I don't think I would I would get a clear answer. It's impossible to know. Nobody, mamish, nobody knows. So if if you don't have talking, you go crazy. You just want to, you know, you just, you, you don't know anything. You're just like so uncertain about everything in life. But if a person has bitachin, and there are people in this world that actually do, they're able to go to sleep at night. It's fine. Who cares? The Abish is in control. I'm not in control. He's not in control. But God is in control. And they're able to sleep at night. They don't have to toss. They don't have to turn. They don't have to take ambience. They don't have to take schnapps. They don't have to smoke, you know, weed. They don't have to like take drugs. They don't. Those are those are things that people do because they're so nervous and they're so uptight that they need like vices in order to in order to numb them because they're so senselessly nervous. A person that has bitachin is a person that's able to to sleep whenever they want to sleep. They're not, nothing's getting on their mind. Now, this could work for the good, it could work for the bad. Parai is a great example of, of the tzara toma of this. Tzara toma. He knows about to die, 
but he has bitachon that it's not going to happen for some reason, and he's able to be so calm and cool and collected that he's able to mamish put on his pajamas, go into bed as if nothing is happening. Okay, that's a very that's weird in in you know in the bad way. That's really extreme in the bad way. But but think about it in the good way. The tzaratayv of that bechira is that if power is able to do that have no bitachin in Hashem and believe that everything's going to be fine, then we who have Hashem in our corner, how much more so should we be able to be chilled, to be relaxed, to be happy? You know, a lot of people are tense about, about money. Money is always a stress. And, you know, parents and, you know, and kids and futures. And it is a very big stress. And shidukim and, you know, it's all, it always comes up about money. Money is like the, the root of, or, of all evil. That's why I always sound like a, you know, like a communist when I say this. But, you know, in a way, communism, um, they had a good point. They, they, the, in, in theory, it was a great idea, communism. Or, you know, look at the kibbutzim in Eretz Yisrael. It's geschmack. You, get to, you go on a kibbutz. And everybody, like, shares in the profits of the kibbutz. Everybody gets the same house. And you have the same, uh, you know, same. They, they give you food according to how many kids you have. And they take care of your educational system. It's not a bad idea. In theory, it's a bit, the, the reason why it didn't work was because the people in charge didn't believe in it. And they corrupted the whole system. And, and it was very, you know, it was very unfair in the end. So whatever they were preaching, really, they didn't keep themselves. But in a way, it's it's beautiful to be able to have something that everybody gets what they need, you know, for for life. It's it's a nice idea. Capitalism is a chiddish, and and it, it works for many. It, it works. It doesn't work for a lot of other people. But you know, there's two different ways of looking at the world, and uh, and both have their merits, but and both have their downsides. But in a way, the um, you know, money is a, is, is a very big stress. So the Chavis HaVava says that, you know, you should look, if a person has bitachin, you know how, it, how it's like? He says, it's like having a money tree in your backyard. Imagine if you had a money tree, or let's say the modern example of a money tree is what? You have like an ATM machine in your basement. Okay, and every time you need some money, you know, you have to pay the, the mortgage, you have to pay uh, the tuition bill, you got to pay for a kid's chasna, you just go downstairs, you find that, you know, how much, uh, what's camp, this guy, $5,800, like, you know, doot, 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 and you, you know, you put in your $5,800, and it spits it out. Imagine a person that had that, wouldn't that be, a, be an amazing life? So the Chavis says that somebody that has bitachin does have that, because HaKadosh Baruch Hu, is is the source of all money. HaKadosh Baruch we say every day in Shemana Esrei, V'kaini HaKail, HaKadosh Baruch literally owns everything. He's a he's a gazillion heir times a, a billion. He, he, all, all money in the world is his. All, build, all real estate is his. All commodities are Everything is his. He owns everything. At the end of the day, it's all his. It's all his. He decides who gets it, who doesn't get it. If you're a Baal Bitochen in Hashem, then you have nothing to worry about. It will always come to you when you need the money, you will get it. Now, it's hard for us to realize that, it's hard for us to believe that, but that's why you have to learn these, these farm, you know, whatever safer on Amuna that you want to learn. And there's the, the classics, then there's the modern day, uh, very popular, uh, you know, series in, in Amuna. But 
these are all wonderful books to remind us of the truth, and that is that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is taking care of us. He has our back. And if you believe that, then your life, you could sleep every night. Even if you have, you know, tremendous chayvis, you have tremendous, uh, you know, student loans or, or other issues and financial issues, this issue, that, medical issues. But if you have bitachin Hashem, real bitachin Hashem, you're happy. I, I know people, that, they don't have any, anything at all. They're very poor, but they're the happiest people in the world. They don't, they just, and we all know these people. If you went to Eretz Yisrael ever and you go to uh, families in Mea Sharim or whatever, they have nothing. But they're just happy. They believe in Hashem and they get what they need and, and they're they're doing quite well. And then and then you know people that are gazillionaires and they're miserable. Right? They're they're just always perpetually unhappy and they're they're jealous and they have issues and but bitachin is the most valuable commodity that a person could have because if a person has bitachin, he's able to be relaxed, he's able to be happy, he's able to sleep. When he should be sleeping, he can wake up when he's supposed to wake up. He doesn't need vices. He just needs Hashem. And he's able to literally get through every difficult situation with davening and with learning and with communicating with Hashem, connecting to Hashem. And that is the, uh, that's amazing, that's an amazing um, facet of, of Amunah Bitachin. We haven't really discussed that this year, you know, this this season yet. But it's something that the greatest gift is having amuna and having bitachin. Because when you have amuna bitachin, you have such a nice life. You you really believe and you have faith that Hashem is here for me and I have... And you could walk with confidence. You don't have to walk like, you know, nervous all day. And uh, that, that in and of itself is a tremendous reason, besides for all the other reasons that Munabitachin, that it's the right thing to do and that there is a God and you have to do this. And, you know, but the greatest thing in the world to have is a Munabitachin. If a person is able to really acquire a Munabitachin, then he will be happy. And he will have an amazing life. He'll be able to give that over to his wife, to his family, to his children. Uh, to his Talmidim, he's going to be able to be just a beacon of, of strength in a, in a really crazy world. And the world is getting crazier and crazier. Like I just read tonight that, you know, there's a new variant that's popping up somewhere in France, another, you know, not, not Delta, not Omicron, but a, a new one. And they have no idea, like, what's going to be. It's, it's frightening because this thing can never end. We could just be going through a hundred years of different variants and and we don't we're like a ship like tossing in the night and going back and forth. We don't know what's going to be, but if you have bitachin, you're good. You're good because I know that Hashem has a plan here. There's a God. God didn't abandon the world, and you know there's a reason for everything. And no matter what happens, I believe that Hashem has 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 my best interest in mind. And if you truly, truly believe that and you train yourself from an early age to, to, to make that not just a, a nice speech, but really to live that, then you will not just get close to Hashem, you'll be happy. As power was able to just tranquil, with tranquility get into his bed that night, and Zelum Azav, Ramavin was able to get into his bed on the night before he, shech, he was supposed to shech Yitzchak, there is a concept that if you really tap into this spirit of the Rabbanu Shalom, you're able to have 
the the serenity and the peace of mind and the tranquility to to just be calm at all times. That's priceless. There's no you don't need to go on vacations to get it. You don't have to do it. You just have to believe in Hashem and you're and you're happy. And that's uh, I think a tremendous lesson to take from power. There's so much you know we can learn a lot from our Gedalim, but sometimes we can learn a lot from a lot more from Rishon. If we see that a Russia could do this for the Tzadara, then Allah has come a tzaddik should be able to tap into this tremendous opposite side of Amuna. Abhira uh, and to uh, and to really be able to be comfortable and happy and and serene and spread that to other people and just be one of those people that everybody just you know feels comfortable around because they sense that there is there's strength within you and uh, yeah that's that there's no greater brach than that it should be our we should all be zeicha to to achieve that level of amunam bitachan mitzvahem we should be zeicha to have nice, comfortable, easy lives, no matter what it is. You know, we should have we should have comfortable parnasas and mitzvahem and come and shalom bayas and all all the brachas of the Torah. But even should we not have everything perfect and, and life sometimes gets a little bit imperfect for for everybody at one point. But to be able to have that rock solid amunam bitachin to know that Hashem is with me and I'm not imadi. Never gonna fear evil because Hashem is always with me, and He has a cheshben, and I trust in Him, and I believe in Him, and I could completely throw myself into His arms, and I know that He's going to catch me every single time. Okay, Rabbi, I say thank you so much. Have a great, great evening.